Good morning, everyone. It's good to see everyone in the house this morning. Praise God. If you are, I don't recall seeing any first-time guests. If, if, if you're a first-time guest, we want to welcome you. Maybe your face looks familiar. If you are a first-time guest, I, maybe you have a familiar face. And uh, I know we have some recurring uh, guests, so we're glad to have you. Uh, if you're watching by way of Internet, we're glad to have you uh, streaming our service. Uh, we uh, typically get a uh, number of people that watch us live stream, um, so uh, at least during the service, and you can watch and uh, stream the service afterwards or uh, get it online through our um, website address, which is theantioch.com, and you can do slash north and get there rather quickly or quicker than going just to .com. So uh, we want to welcome you here. If you are a guest, our reception room is to my right back here. Um, we want to present you a gift um, and welcome you to our worship gathering. Amen. Praise God. Uh, we do have a uh, couple of announcements I do need to make um, on Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Uh, on uh, the 7th of March, Thursday, 7 p.m., the 7th of March, we will be starting our um, discipleship and equipping classes, sessions. Uh, again, they will start on the 7th. Um, if you're here this morning and you would like to grow in your knowledge of God and grow in grace. The Bible says, and Peter said, to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, Sunday mornings, we typically preach and minister. We do not typically teach, even though you will learn something by someone proclaiming the message or the good news or someone reading scripture and giving you information, but Sunday mornings is not necessarily geared uh, towards teaching you. Jesus gave a command to his disciples and said to teach uh, all nations, and that word is uh, indicative of making disciples. Amen. The, the word disciple is a learned one, one who has, has been taught, uh, and has a relationship with the one they are following. Amen. It's one thing to have a relationship with Jesus, and I know we have that. But it's another thing to allow him the opportunity and time to teach and to train you. Amen. And so that's done uh, through what many call discipleship classes or equipping classes or courses or something that is offered up to you, training or whatever. And so we're going to have that on Thursday starting at uh, 7 p.m. on March the 7th. We're going to have a registration form. We're going to have what we do is we have two sessions, all right, two sessions on Thursdays. One session will be a general session open to all. 
The other session will be a breakout session where everyone will be going to one of three places or three courses inside of this building. We do have uh, other classes and other uh, rooms and uh, areas for teaching in our facility. If, you, if you're not too familiar with, with our building or whatever, you may think this is it, but we have uh, four, five rooms, one, two, five rooms back there and have uh, several rooms downstairs. So we have the uh, means to have different classes. So we're going to be offering that up. We'll have the registration out for you. For One will be a general session. You will not have to register for the general session. We are uh, assuming everyone will be in the general session. But the breakout session will we'll offer up three courses for the first three months. And then uh, the following three months, we'll offer up four courses for the breakout. So general session, we're going to have some very good equipping uh, it's going to be geared towards you becoming all you can be in God as far as God using you. Uh, you can be, uh, God, we're going to have some equipping classes in terms of how to reach certain groups of people. Uh, you, and uh, we'll have the whole list. We'll have it out for you. You can see that. Um, it, I, it, we, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we have uh, a, a lesson that's going to be how to reach Latinos. We do have a few uh, uh Hispanic or Latino uh, people that are here and uh, with us, and they, we're going to have someone that's going to help us to understand how to reach them. Uh, we're going to have classes on how to, or a session on how to reach those who are, uh, I'll say, a prodigal, prodigals, those who have lost their way. Amen. Uh, we're going to have a session on. Uh, minorities reaching uh, Caucasians and uh, different things of that nature. Uh, how to reach Jehovah Witnesses. Amen. How to reach uh, atheists or agnostics. And there are, you know, there are certain uh, things that you can do and you can learn and, and, and getting an understanding on how to reach them. How to reach your co co-workers and things of that nature. And so uh, we're going to have a whole uh, list of different uh, equipping classes to help you. That's the general sessions, okay? Um, it's only going to be one general session a week, obviously, but we'll, this, we'll run these general sessions for six months, and we'll have material for you. I would suggest you get a, a, a binder or a folder or something to keep because each session you have, you'll have something to take with you so you don't have to re use your recall of memory. You'll, you can write notes and keep it with you and, and you know, go over that and things of that nature. Also, with our split sessions, uh, for the first three months, we'll have a split session on how to teach Bible studies. So you'll learn how to teach Bible studies. If you're new around here, you'll learn the Bible study yourself and you'll learn how to teach it as well. Uh, you'll, uh, those of you who've been around for a while, there's a course on uh, learning how to lead small groups, all right, whether you're a small group leader or not. And, and then there's also a, a class for new people, and that's discipleship class where um, we have a uh, six, it's a six uh, course um, 
semester, run for six months, and um, that'll be offered for those of you who have never taken any of our courses. And so that's for the first three months that we'll be running. And so you'll register for one of those. Amen. I, w- I will, uh, if I could plead with you, I don't want to beg you, I'm close to begging you, but I will plead with you if, if you are really serious about your walk with God. Take those two hours to invest in, in your soul. Amen. The more you put in, the more you get out. If you find yourself beating yourself up a lot about your walk with God, just put more in. It's, it's simple, really. Amen. <laughs> uh, I like that because I, I, it went somewhere. <laughs> Some things drop on the ground. And you know it, but some, some, that hits some of you like, boom. You try to hide it. You know how when you, guys, when, when, you know, you hit, you try to act like you didn't feel it. I used to play football and, and uh, I would act like something didn't sting. You have a, uh, you know, you, you're seeing stars, but you got to fake it off like you didn't, nothing happened. You know, I'm fine. It bounced right back up. <laughs> Knowing you just got your bell rung. <laughs> Walk around with concussion. <laughs> yes. Amen. Somebody is concussed right now. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Praise God. You love the Lord this morning. Amen. And so uh, I, we're going to do that, announce that more, uh, and, and, and whatever. And so praise God. We're going to have the ushers to get ready to come. I do have one other uh, thing to announce uh, with the... Um, the receiving of the offering. Do we have, we, we are having a uh, uh, Antioch United. When we give announcements, if there are any uh, video announcements they need to get on the screen while we're announcing, that should happen like, like that as soon as I begin the announcing. But Antioch United is March the 16th. February, I'm sorry, I'm all the way into March. February the 16th, Antioch United is uh, this congregation meeting together with our other two congregations. Amen. If you're new around here, this is one-third of our church. Yep. All right? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, the other two-thirds are in other locations. We will be meeting together on Saturday, uh, February the 16th at 6 p.m. at our central location. The address is right there. We do this three to four times a year, and it's called Antioch United. It's where all of Antioch comes together. I won't say all, but at least uh, because everyone that's here in the morning may not necessarily come, and everyone from the other two locations may not come. So when you do come together, you'll say, well, I thought it was going to be a whole lot more than that. I think we typically, I don't know, at one point we were averaging four or five hundred on Antioch United when we had it on Sundays and whatever. Uh, so um, I think the numbers have reduced uh, in terms of how many people are attending. But we want to do something about that. Yes. And so uh, February the 16th at 6 p.m. Um, and if we need to run the van, we will. We can run the, the church van. 
Uh, but if you can participate in that, uh, I would greatly appreciate um, you showing up and being blessed. Bishop Wright, these are the only services that Bishop Wright ministers to, ministers to the entire Antioch body. And so if you don't know Bishop Wright, he's the founder of the Antioch. Um, he's the bishop and leader of uh, the, um, the three congregations. And, uh, and so he's also the superintendent of uh, all the churches that are part of our organization. He's the superintendent of the Maryland, D.C. district, which is all the churches that are in Maryland and uh, the several that's in Washington, D.C. that's a part of our our fellowship, and so uh, he will be ministering and, and preaching at that service on the 16th, so prayerfully you can be a part of that. Uh, one last thing is that uh, we're going to receive two offerings this morning. Don't get... <laughs> the first offering is the regular general offering for tithes, offering, etc., Second is missions has nothing to do with Antioch. We give once a month, the first week of the month, we give to missionaries. All right, missionaries from around the world. And, uh, And so we do that once a month. And so that, when we raise this, it goes to people who are preaching the gospel and where the gospel is not being preached. All right? And so we're trying to get the word out. And so we sometimes you can't go for to a particular place where you can support a missionary by, through prayer and giving. OK, to that particular ministry. So that's what that's for. So amen. Uh, so keep that in mind, musicians and uh, uh, saints that we're going to do, too. After we receive the first one, we'll go ahead and receive the second one. So come stand. Come and give. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told business.
You can now come and give permissions. If you didn't hear that through the music, it's missions right now. <laughs> All right, I guess everyone heard that. All right, praise God. seated unless y'all just want to stand there. Y'all want to stand there, that's fine with me. You know, I don't, I don't care. I can preach in all sorts of conditions. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you did a good thing in bringing your Bible. If you don't have your Bibles, I'm sure you have an iPhone, 
or iPad. And if you don't have one of those devices, yeah, well, <laughs> you can pull out your Android. They say, the scripture says, you know, that there are all sorts of vessels in the great house. <laughs> so even if you don't have an Apple device, you can bring an Android. God will accept that. There are all sorts of vessels in the great house. Amen. So if you have the Bible on your device... We'll have it on the screen as well. Uh, if you could turn to Second Chronicles, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians. I'm in Chronicles, Second Corinthians, chapter one. We'll read one verse, and you can be seated. Verse number twenty, Second Corinthians. Chapter 1, verse number 20. I was awakened, I think, by my wife walking, creaking on the floor. And I was actually already awake. I'm just messing with her. She said, I didn't mean to wake you creaking on the floor. We got one little spot in our house. It just, <laughs> I don't have to worry about anybody coming to get me. I hear that creak. I'll duck under the bed and they'll have her. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some of y'all, when I do that, I'm just joking. Let me establish that. Because sometimes y'all don't know I'm joking. Man. But uh, early this morning, the Lord dropped something on me. And uh, we're going to talk about it. Prayerfully with the help of the Holy Ghost. Amen. There will be some people that will hold on to some promises of God. Amen. Promises of God doesn't come lightly. <laughs> if God is going to do something and he's going to do it right now, he's not going to tell you about it. He's just going to do it. When he gives you a promise, he's letting you know that there's going to be a process. Everybody say process. We hate process. Unless it's processed food. And you want to know why we like processed food? Because it's fast. And so processed food is the opposite of what process really is. Processed food is given to me fast. When you're eating something that's good, it takes a while for it to cook. And don't be putting my meat in the microwave. Amen. That's just, I do, I do not like it. Amen. And so here we are. For the promises of God. In him, everybody say in him. That's key. For the promises of God 
in him. The him is referring to Jesus Christ. Too many people receive promises. First of all, I don't know where the source is. Many times from their heart, their mind, whatever. But the promises of God in him are yea and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. I'm going to repeat that before you're seated because now you'll be seated for the duration. For all, everybody say all. Not just some. And I don't know if I said all the first time. I don't think I did. That thing works sometimes. For all. Oh, man, I'm just as tall as you are. I like that. <laughs> I can slow down. I'm going to maybe buy me some platform shoes so I can be up there with you. <laughs> For all the promises, all the promises of God, God's promises. In him, the only way you're going to keep the promise of God is to be in him. You step out of him, you step out of the promise. All the promises of God in him. Are yea? Let it be so, in other words, and amen. It is done. Unto the glory of God. By us. Just want to talk to you on the process of the promise. The process of the promises. Why don't you just clap your hands to the Lord? Now you did it because I said so. Go ahead and do it to Him now. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You could be seated while I meddle for a little bit first. God. I like a church where you can just come in and feel liberty. Anybody, if you don't feel liberty, amen, Jesus calling you. <laughs> amen. Good to see you, sister. Good to see you. I like this group right here. I like this a lot. See, brother, I like this. God has his hands on you. Amen. Good to see you. I love it. I love it a lot. See you. Amen. Praise God. I am serious. I'm good to see everyone. On uh, February the 14th, it's what they call Valentine's Day. Now, I'm not on the message. I'm just letting you know. I told you I'm going to meddle a little bit. I told you that. Up front, I gave you pre- precursor. Uh, February the 14th is what they call Valentine's Day. I mean, it is Valentine's Day. It's nothing wrong. Some people don't celebrate anything. That's what they say. <laughs> I don't celebrate holidays. Ask man me. So what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Jesus celebrated a lot of stuff that wasn't him. You know, he celebrated custom. If the Bible says it was custom for him, it was customary for him to stand up and read in a synagogue. It wasn't part of the scripture or whatever. It was just his custom to do. You read a couple of times, there are certain things that was his custom. It was custom of the people. And that was, he was a part of the Jewish nation, so there were things that they practiced that Jesus practiced. 
It didn't have really, you know, a whole lot to do with religion, so to speak. It was just his custom. All right. And so that's okay. So I celebrate holidays. If you think I'm carnal because I am celebrating holidays, I mean that's how people are. So I'm throwing all that out first. Say that on February the 14th, it's on a Thursday. All right? Now for for you you ladies who, you know what, you you know, yeah, I know it's February the 14th, but your husband's supposed to take you out for Valentine's Day. So you can't come to church. Let's just get that out of the way. Well, how Tell him to take you out on the 13th and the 15th. Double up on it, honey. If he can't take you out on the 14th because of church, tell him double up on it. Some of y'all guys, like, don't be talking about that. Don't say that. No, man, you don't have that type of money. Don't do that, Pastor. Don't do that, Pastor. But on the 14th, we normally have a, a uh, worship gathering. We're going to do something different. Right, we're gonna have a fellowship that Thursday. All right, and so uh, we're gonna have a love fest. It's, it's not, you know, it's not, let me, let me let, let's establish something. Yeah, let's establish something. It's not a, you know, all right, I'm gonna get my boo. No, we're not talking about that. Single people, it's it's just it's the love of the church. We're going to have fellowship, and we're going to love on one another. We're going to show what true love is really all about. All right? So on the 14th, you can come. If your husband's, your wife, or some whatever taking you out, you know, tell them you have something to do around 7 o'clock. Amen. But come, come one, come all. We're going to do that. All right? Amen. So we're going to do a little something different there. And uh, we'll have it in our fellowship hall. I'll make some, if some of you know about this, we'll have some razzle-dazzle. All right, at least we got one person, though, but I'm looking for another person. Where's where's Daryl? He he stepped out. Yeah, I would have got an amen on that. So if you don't know what razzle-dazzle is, you come, and you'll experience some razzle, you'll experience something, oh, wow. You won't turn back. And so... You had to come and find out what that is, but we're going to have a good time with some um, desserts. So we're getting the ladies to bring some, not just the ladies, men. My, my wife will coordinate it. So uh, if you don't get an email or a text or, or whatever from her, uh, give her a call. You want to be involved, but we're going to ask you to bring something, and uh, we'll do that together. Amen. Praise God. I got that out of the way. So y'all want to hear about the promises of God, right? All right. Anyone? I love the promises of God. I love them. <laughs> but, and, but the promises of God isn't to be taken lightly. Oh, yeah, I got a promise. When you get a promise from God, and it's not a bad thing, but just hold on, honey, because you're in for a ride. Now, see, y'all don't like that already. I don't want any promises then. <laughs> Keep your promise. No. <laughs> no, we want them. But we don't want what God is trying to do 
with us in the process of getting to the promise. Because we like the end result. We don't care anything about the purpose of God. And really, God is really, the promise is not really the thing that God is really interested in. It's the purpose that he's trying to do and perform. And so because God has a purpose, he has to offer us a promise. So he has to entice us to get us to the pit's purpose. And so in order to do that, he has to give us a promise. Because if we knew everything that was involved, we would say, no, no thanks. I didn't sign up for that. How many many of you have said that before you walk? I didn't sign up for this, Lord. Yeah, I got a few of you honest people. Yeah. I had a brother. I hear something. Maybe it's Jesus calling you on the down low. Tell him to start texting you. And she, <laughs> Amen. I, this, this brother, he's a prophet, right? I'm not talking about people who self-proclaim. I'm going somewhere. I'm just taking my time. You know, they got those self-proclaimed prophets. I'm prophet as somebody. I'm evangelist. When somebody do that, I stop listening right there as soon as they say a prophetess. As soon as they say evangelist, I don't mean no harm, but as soon as you put your titles on your name, I stop listening. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's not the right thing to do. I mean, I hear it. But I'm talking about, he was a prophet. He was a real man of God. Matter of fact, he don't, you know, don't call me prophet. He don't really like people to call him prophet, but this man, he prophesied. I mean, I, I, it's, I mean, everything he said, boom, it comes to pass. It's kind of scary type of thing. Tell people what they, he's in another state, and tell people what they were wearing on a particular day down to a T. I saw you, this is what you was wearing, this is what you were doing. <gasps> Told one lady she's battling something, whatever, and he said something, God was talking to her about her weight. He said, you wear exactly this amount, and God said, that's fine. Gave her the exact number what she weighed. <laughs> Looked at a booth at one guy, his booth, he just turned prophesied. Proudest before destruction, hearty heart before the fall. Boom. That guy fell so fast, lost. Hadn't been back. I'm, I'm talking about the real prophet now. And so when the real prophet comes and he prophesying, you just kind of pay attention. Why did this guy prophesy to me? He come talking about Susie laid his hand. Job? <laughs> He started prophesying about Job. I'm like, no, no, no. You got the wrong guy, the wrong character. It's not him. This is not happening. No, can't be. You hadn't read about Job. You read about him. You find out Job went through a whole lot. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't really care. But I don't really care for that prophecy. <laughs> but we want the end of Job. Right? We want the end. We want the promises. We want the good stuff at the end. But we don't want to go through the process in order to get to the promises. I don't know about you, but if I'm sailing the ship and I can't go back, I don't want to stop midway point. I want to go all the way through. (laughs) 
No matter what I have to endure, storms and seasickness and, and everything else, just take me to the other side. You see, it's like, you know, once you enter, there's a certain point, it's like when you're flying or whatever, it's at the point of no return. You can't go back. Amen. When you first get in this ship of promise, you can't go back. All right. And so we're going we're gonna to get to some good parts, I guess. Something like, I'll forget that promise stuff. <laughs> but I'm just trying to be real. Because, you know, here we go. We said, we, we, we're at this for all the promises of God. It's like, already. <laughs> like, already. Here we go. Promises of God. Promises of God. Some of you are like, oh, here we go again. Here we go again. Promises. I know that's right. So this is not for Sunday morning. Y'all looking for that. But y'all, you know, y'all, y'all not ready for all that, you know, rah, rah, hoopah. Y'all came in here all dragging and all that. They try to pump you up with the music. Y'all wasn't budging and all that. Don't think I'm going to pump you up now. Yeah, it didn't work that way. (laughs) And I don't feel the pressure of doing that. Thank God. (laughs) In my younger days, I would have been struggling and fighting it. Come on, y'all. Come on, somebody. Oh, y'all have to pray. Try to get you all hyped and riled up and all that. I'm trying to give you a word from the Lord. And I assure you, it wasn't from me. I know some of you don't believe you. I sure it was. When I get up early in the morning, my wife would tell you, I, I, I value my sleep. It's precious. I value my sleep. And so when the Lord wakes me up, most times though she don't know I'm up and I'm 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 awake. I'm awake. But you know you gotta fake like you sleep. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And that thought came to me. And so I began to type while my wife was creeping around on the floor, trying not to wake me up. The promises of God is a process. It's a process. And there are, there were ten notable, and this is going to, I know it's going to seem like that's not from God because when I start giving them to you, it's going to be like they all, they they all start with the same letter. So I'm going to just let you know. But I believe God was the originator of the alphabet. And if he chooses to say the words that has the same name or to start with the same letter, that's his business. And so uh, this, I'm, so, I'm, I'm telling you, this is exactly what I got. And I started writing it down. And I started looking at the promises of God. I'm talking about great promises. Now, if you could do it all on your own, it's not a promise from God. Why do he need to promise you something you can do? He's not going to waste his time. I, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And you're like, really, God? I can do that by myself. Right? See, some of y'all don't like to just keep it real. I'm just trying to keep it real and just be practical about the thing. I, I really don't like a bunch of hype. I, I do like getting excited. There's nothing wrong with being excited as long as you're excited for the right reason and everything else. But 
we the the problem problem with 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 promises. God gave the uh, children of Israel a promise about deliverance, but it took them over four hundred years. They had the promise. God gave a promise about the Savior, the Messiah. And you have to know for thousands of years what it took to get to that point. Gave Abraham or Abram a promise about being the father of many nations. That guy had to wait a long time just to become a father, let alone a father of many nations. And David was anointed as king at the age of 17. He was what, 30 or 40 when he became king? 30, 33, 40. Huh? In his 30s. When he became king, I think it took him like 13 or 17 years, whatever. But it took him a long time. It it did not happen overnight. And when God gives us a promise... We begin to already materialize the promise. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But we materialize the promise with our own desires, not faith. And then we say, well, I have faith. And it's really not faith. It's what you have materialized. It's your, it's your desire. And because you have a desire for something now, you're believing in this, and, and you're expecting it to happen, and you're expecting it to happen your way and in your time. Now, I'm just trying to help somebody if you have any promises. Is there anybody in here that has any promises from God? Some? Raise your hand if you feel like you got a promise from God. Okay, that's most of us. Amen. Raise your hand anyway if you know. <laughs> I want to talk to you about the steps of the promise or the process of the promise. Because this is important for you so you'll know where you are in the process. There are stages. And I, I, I and I'm, I'm, it blew my mind when I started looking at it and I started looking at scripture, thinking about it, not looking at the scripture, but processing this with scripture. And so the first thing, the first step in you receiving a promise from God is conception. Is when God not births a promise, but he causes conception of a promise. In other words, he gives you uh, gives you something, a, a dream, a vision, a word or someone speaks to you or whatever. And now a life has taken place. It's conception. It's a call to the promise. It's the initiation of it. And so it's a, a concept and something is birthed in you. Now you believe for it. Amen. You get that word or you get that. And it's like, oh, yes. And you have it, but again, it is something that is, un- you didn't predict it. It's unpredictable. It's unprecedented. It's not something you just kind of thought. It's, it's uncanny. It's, it's, it's uh, almost in the sense that, I don't want to say mystical, but it's like, it's mind-blowing. When God says, I'm going to do this, it comes out of nowhere. 
And this promise is it's exceptional. Again, if you could have done it, God wouldn't have spoken it to you. It's extraordinary when God speaks it. I'm trying to help somebody because some things you think God promised, it really wasn't a promise. All the promises of God in him are yea and amen. Now, I'm just going to tell you, some people are believing for stuff that I had one guy tell me something. I'm like, man, I'm saying to myself, that's not God. You see, what I do is I use the Bible. I use scripture to validate whether something a voice is from God or whether it's not from God. Amen. You know, chances are if God promised you you're going to win the lottery, that's probably wasn't God. <laughs> I had one sister tell me, you know, uh, she had a dream from God and God showed her she won the lottery. And so she's playing numbers. Right? And, uh, I said, I assure you that wasn't from God. Yeah, I said, no, that wasn't, that wasn't from God. If God wanted to give you money, he, he wouldn't choose the lottery to give it to you. <laughs> Why did you just get quiet in here? You got to play to win, Pastor. Something tell me you losing a bunch of money. You're playing, but you hadn't won. You're losing. I would rather keep my dollar in my pocket. Oh, you got a chance of winning a million. Yeah, I got a chance of winning a million. But if I keep my money, I got 100%. It's not even a chance. It's guaranteed that I'm going to have a dollar. I go your way, I could be a dollar short, ten dollars short, twenty dollars short, thirty dollars short, and I'll keep dreaming for that and I'll never get it. But I can keep that in my pocket. Amen. I God, if you want to give me a million dollars, give it. It won't be coming through the lottery. I don't care how you give it, just give it. You want that easy way. If I give a dollar. Somebody say, well, not the lot. What about the mega millions? <laughs> Same thing. When God gives you something, it's, it's, and then you say, well, that's, that's, un, it's, that's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, what, because there, there are certain things in this process and, so getting a million dollars, getting the lottery thing, that's not in the process. When, when you, you look at the scripture, when you see God giving men of God promises, the one thing they did is they made sure no man could take the credit. Every time when there's a promise from God, nobody could take the credit. You want to mean now, you know who's giving to get to Maryland. The Maryland State Lottery is getting the credit. God is not getting the credit for that. Now, if, if you now if you win the, if you win a million dollars, hey, praise God. God bless you. God allowed it, or whatever case may be. 
Uh, just make sure you pay your tithes. I'm taking my time on a Sunday morning. I can't believe this. Conception. It's when God speaks or God gives you a word and you want to make sure that's from God. Or else it's not a promise. Too many people get sidetracked and messed up when they feel like they have a promise from God and it's not a promise from God. I'm trying to help you. When you get out of God, when you get out of God, you step out of the promise from God. The children of Israel, they had a promise that they would, have, they would go into a land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land. Well, if they got out of the will and the purpose and plan of God and went back to Egypt, guess what? They, wouldn't, they wasn't getting the promised land. God wasn't going to tra- teleport. Or blink them into the promised land. Some of us want to be blinked into the promise. We don't want to go through the process. Can I get an amen? But, here we go. I'm going to get you happy right now. You already get happy about it. You're like, I don't know about these promises thing. Now, now, so when you do get a promise from God, when you you know it's a promise, when God has given me a dream, and I know I work in my Goodness, it's like, woo, it's like Jay Clamp, we doggy. Some of y'all don't know about that. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> Go typing in Jay Clampett, we doggy. <laughs> That's what Jay Clampett would say, we doggy. So some got y'all, some of y'all thinking, y'all not gonna bet it. When God gives you a promise, the next stage from this conception is celebration. And that's where we, most of the time, we lose it right there. We get the conception, and then here comes the celebration. woo Yeah! I got a promise! We're going to tell everybody. I got a promise from God. It's the celebration. It's about to come. Here it is, y'all. Wait, wait for it. (laughs) Not you, but no, I'm not going to do this. It's like, here here it comes. It's about to come. I'm celebrating. Yay! God's about to do this. Woo! You, the first day you celebrate, you're excited about it now. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it calls for celebration. God's going to do something and everything else. And God always, always allow for the celebration. Children of Israel, we're coming out with a mighty hand. Man, they got over that red sea, man. They were hooping and howling. They were partying. And they were like, wee yeah. They were getting that, you know, they, they was getting it on. Hey? <laughs> they had a good time. They sing the song of Moses. Yeah, who can deliver from the fire? God will rescue. And they, they, they were breaking it down. No weapon formed against me. They were singing all those songs, you know. <laughs> you know? And I, it, was, it was great. Because after the conception comes the celebration. And God brings you to that place of celebration. But sooner or later, 
It's like I'm tired of hearing that song. Sooner or later, you get the pop in the balloons. Uh huh. You don't want to see that stale cake. And the celebration ends. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> if this wasn't so true. And after the celebration, and you celebrate, and you said some of us had some long, long parties. What's the, some of those parties that last days and days and days like the, uh, in the scripture, they had the, the Feast of Purim. And I don't know how many days the Feast of Purim went, but they went and went. And, at the, and then they said, the last day of the feast, the great day, the Bible says Jesus stood up. And so they, they just, it's like they had a feast every single day, celebration. And, and, and right on the heels of your celebration, you have so much confidence. It's the next, the next stage in the process. You go from celebration, you are totally confident in the promise. You, I mean, it, you, you believe in it no matter what. It's like it's going to happen. You are fully persuaded. Now, how many been there? So y'all been in that stage of the process? Like, yeah, Pastor, I've been there. I've conceived, celebrating, everything else. I had confidence. It's the third, it's the third stage. It's the confidence level. Man, you get so, I mean, you stick out all, oh, you, you tell the neighbor, I believe God, it doesn't matter what happens. I mean, you, I mean, your chest sticking out. Right? Man, you, you have so much confidence. And then here we go. We're at the top of the mountain in the stage of the promise. And then all of a sudden, complications. Complications arise in the process. Can anybody identify? I began to look at scriptures and begin to see as soon as they got past the celebration and they had so much confidence in God. He he just killed all the Egyptian army. They I mean, they were fully confident. Uh, David, he was confident, all dripping all down his head. I'm going to be king. He went out, slayed it. Hey, where's that giant? Why are y'all all scared of the giant? I can take this. I can take this guy. Slew John. He was full of confidence. And he was, he was looking down. Where's that crown? Looking for the crown. It didn't come. The children of Israel, they just went past the Red Sea. They are celebrating. All right, we great jump to the promise. Now, complications. Hold up, Moses. Where's the water? They begin to complain about the water. (laughs) Things start to get complicated with David. And then came contention. Contention. The fifth stage. If you're going to have a promise from God, there are going to be complications that arise. Then there's going to be some contention. 
You look at the account of Abraham. Got the word, getting to celebrate. Man, I'm, I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm going to be a father of many nations. Man had confidence. Fully persuaded. Then there start to be some complications. There start to be some problems. Next thing you know, there's some contention in the camp. There's some fighting going on. And every time you get a promise from God, you will go through that stage of, first of all, complications that arise because of the promise. And then there's going to be some contention. There's going to be something fighting you. Something opposing you. And the whole intent is just to get you to quit. To get you to give up on the promise. Oh, hallelujah. I'm just trying to help somebody have some faith in here. You see, when you start getting contention and you start thinking, oh, you know what? That I'm not, it's not going to happen. Or that, that wasn't from God. And guess what happens? That's the next stage. It's critiquing stage. After you get contention, you begin to critique. We could have had it better in back in Egypt. God didn't call us out here to, that's what we said before. God, you know, we get that problem, then it's like, God, you should have just left me alone. You should have left me to die in Egypt. It was better that you didn't make a promise than for me to get to this point. I hopefully I'm talking to somebody. You get to that place of contention, and now here's your critiquing. And you get to start, you start analyzing and psychoanalyzing and dissecting and, and going through all that. And you're trying to figure everything out and why it get, how, why is it here? How to get to that point? And, and your mind, you just blown. You, you really get to trying to figure this thing out. That's what happened with Abraham. He got with Sir. They got to figuring this thing out, trying to, trying to see how that thing was going to happen. And every time on a point of critiquing, I'm talking about, the, the process of the promise. When you get to that stage of critiquing, here we go. And I, we've all been there. Then comes the contradiction. It's a contradictory stage. Now God allows things to go completely opposite. When you get to the contradiction stage, God will allow things to go completely opposite and total contrast to what he said. Oh, hallelujah. I'm just trying to help you. Now it looks like it's not going to happen whatsoever. Gosh. Abraham's body became dead. Sarah's body became dead. It's no way this is going to happen. Do you know when when Jesus about it was no way they were at that point they they gave up on the Messiah pretty much. Every time you get a promise from God and you you are in Him, it's going to look like that thing is not going to come to pass. It looked like David would not become king. He's running around. He, he, he started to have um, this contention, started critiquing. Next thing you know, there's contradiction. Things going against him. 
all of a sudden, and, and, and all of a sudden stuff comes, and he's running from Saul. He's hiding in, in the enemy. He's going to the enemy's land. He's, now he's acting like a madman just so that he don't get killed. All these things are happening. It, it, you, you just don't know what to do. And you're still trying to hold on. You're like, I don't know what's going on. I'm telling you what, when you got a promise from God, it will take you to some crazy places in him. Oh, hallelujah. I'm talking about the process of the promise. You look at every promise given from God, you see the process in there. I'm, I'm telling you, you see it in there. And as soon as all these this contradiction, God gets it to the place where it seems so impossible for your promise to come to pass. I know people who talk, talk, talk about how they pray for, for the salvation of a loved one. And they went through all these stages. And then when it looked like it was impossible for God to say that person was so far away from God. The contradictory stage. Where God will allow it to seem like it's going totally opposite. God will allow that thing to die just so he can resurrect it. So only he can get the glory. He will, every promise that God gives, it's a promise from God. I'm telling you what, God will allow that thing. Hey, you know what? Come on, Abraham. I want you to take your son up. I want to kill it. I want you to kill it. Every promise from God will take you to that brink and to that point. Well, this thing can't happen. I, you stop. We went for revival. Amen. We're going to have a great harvest. We get the prom. We, we have a promise around here. Hello. We've gone through conception, the celebration, the celebration, and confidence, and complications start coming along. People start losing their mind around here. And there's contention, and then there's critiquing. And it seems like now God is not going to do it. It's like there's no way in the world God is going to do what he said he could do. Uh, come come down here, sister. Way in the back. Her, her name is Sutton. You wasn't, wasn't Sutton not so long ago. I, I didn't plan to use you, but I just saw your face. Get that promise from God. That word from God. And that celebration comes. Then that confidence came. Then there started to be some complications. Then some contention. Fighting and wrestling with. Huh? And then you start critiquing that promise. Huh? Oh, here we go. And then it just seemed like it wasn't going to happen. Can you identify? And then the next stage, here we are in the next stage of the promise, compromise. When things seem to start working against the promise, you try to find a different way to get it done. Stay right there. You can sit down. Cause I might. So Abraham, oh yeah, oh, sir, it, it, it can't happen. Oh, I got a handmate. 
Go to the handmaid. Here's Hagar. You can compromise to get to the promise. No, you can't. God will bring you to that place. Mm, mm, mm. And then after compromise, it's a stage of counterfeit. The adversary will send something your way. It's not the real one. Oh, hallelujah. It's like a lady that's, that, that's ready going to birth. She, 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 it was conception. Oh, hallelujah. Hold up. I'm going to go through this again. She, she conceived. She celebrated. She had confidence. Then there started to be little complications. Then there's some contention and fighting within her and kicking in. Then there's some critiquing. I don't know about all this. I wish I didn't have this. You know, you, you know how you women are. Getting to complaining about everything. That's the truth. Nothing's all right. I'll never go through this again. Lie. You get to that point of now they call it false labor. You start having contractions. It's not the birthing of the promise. It's counterfeit. False labor. You think you're right there. It's about to happen. How many times we get right there? This thing is about to happen. Yeah, it's about to happen. I'm telling you what. Come on, baby. It's coming. I'm having late. Do you get to the doctor? They send you home. Everything's fine. Why does it have to be in the middle of the night? Two o'clock in the morning. You're sleeping sound. You're sleeping good. Okay, it's happening. It's happening. You sure? Yeah, it's happening. I'm telling you what. You get there. You didn't die late. Go back home. It's counterfeit. False labor. Please understand, and I'm going through this fast. If you're at the point where the counterfeit start coming along your way, you're almost there. It's painful. Don't give up. You are so close. Those contractions, they hurt. They're painful because you're so close to it. I tell my wife, when we go through the way, it's like, oh my goodness, I'm saying it's something, it's getting ready to happen. It's great. When things really start going haywire and going crazy, when you're expecting the best in your marriage, I'm telling you what, it gets to that climax. You know why? Because God would allow you to get to that breaking point. Where it seems like that thing is going to, trust me, I've been there. And if you can just allow yourself to get to that point. Oh, hallelujah. It seems real. But it's not that 
is the one of the most frustrating periods and stages. People give up and they quit in this stage. And here we are. The last stage is the completion. Once you get past the counterfeit stage, you're at the completion stage. Now, what am I doing? Well, you say, okay, and I, some of you, some of you may be taking notes or whatever. I, that, that's fine. I'm telling you what, these stages, I'm telling you what. Well, I started writing this stuff down. It's like this, this is, this is true. You get past that counterfeit stage, now you're at the completion stage. Now you're at the fruition stage. But the completion stage is also the commencement stage. In other words, you completed the process. And now comes the commencement of the promise. You don't get to the commencement and the completion or the fulfillment unless you go through the other stages. The the problem is we can abort at any time. There are too many people that abort the promises of God. He said all the promises of God in him are yea and in him. Amen. You got to be in in him with the yea. And you got to stay in him until the amen. When I saw your face back there, and I've been passing you for seven years, almost ten. Goodness, it's been ten years. Wow. For ten years. I've seen you go through every one of these stages. Seemed like a long haul and a long, and I remember prophesying, it's about to, I don't know if you you remember that. It's about to happen. It's going to happen. And I'm telling you what, the word of God is yea and amen in him. You have any promises? I don't know where you are in your stage of the promise. If you wasn't writing these, I will send them to you if you want them. I don't, again, I just start getting them and I start looking at scripture and I started writing them down or at least typing them. And I said, I said, you know what? Every time I had a, a promise from God, I went through these stages. Until I got to the end. If you're in this place. I want everybody to stand. I know this is an atypical Sunday morning message. But God has a way of doing that to me. I thought I was going to preach this tonight. Because this was atypical for. So anybody wants you to raise your hand. Anybody have any promises of God that hadn't been fulfilled? Yet. So you're not at the completion. You're not at the uh, commencement. 
meaning the birthing of it, you've already conceived it. You have one of those, I want you to come up front. If you're up here and you have one, you can look throughout Scripture. And you can look at the great promises of God. Some of the great men of God. Men of faith. Men of renown. You look at the things that God had spoken. God had promised. You look at the struggles and the difficulties that they faced and what they had to go through. God promised Elisha that he would receive a double portion of the anointing of Elijah. He didn't get that fulfillment until after his death when it came to pass. What God said he would do, God did it. God did it. And I find the principle in that is timing is God's business. That's why the Bible says judge nothing before the time. Because if God has to raise me from the dead to get my promise, I'm going to get my promise. See, some of y'all just lost you with that one. It doesn't matter how or when. If you are believing for a loved one, and trust me, I pray for some loved ones on a regular basis. And I don't judge where they are. I know where they are right now. I know if the rapture took place today or they died today, I know the state that they're in. But I don't judge it. Because whether it's rapture or whatever God has to do, judge nothing before the time. Because God will do it when you least expect it. And how you couldn't even you couldn't even think of how. And it seems like he's supposed to go this way. And God says, you know what? I am going. You know what? The promise is up north, and God says, I'm going south. The direction that God chose for the Israelites to take to get to the promised land, I mean, they had a straight shot. They could have been there in a hurry. And God says, no, you're going to go around about this way. I'm going to take you in a route that you didn't choose. And I'm going to show you and I'm going to guide you, but you got to let me lead. I don't know where you are in the promise. All I can say is don't abort the promises. Don't cast away your confidence, the Bible says, which have great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience or endurance. That after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise.
you just lift up your hands? I think there needs to be some repentance going on right now because some of you have been in the, the, the stage of complaining, critiquing. And I, I didn't want to say complaining and, and all that, but that's the critiquing stage where complaints and griping. I should have died in Egypt. Some of you are at the stage of contention. Some are at the stage there are complications, contradictions. For some of you, there's some compromise. I've seen so many people fall away from God because they got to the place of compromise. Come on, in Jesus' name. The Bible says of Abraham, he was fully persuaded. That what God promised, he was able to perform. When Abraham took a son up to the mountaintop and was about to kill him, he said, I'm confident God can raise him back up again. He promised. So if, if, I, if God's telling me to kill him, he can raise him back up again. Come on in Jesus' name. Now for some of us, some of us need to check and evaluate our promise. God, is this from you? I don't want to be carrying around my dream, my ambition, my goal, my desire. Every promise from you, God, as long as I'm in you, yea and amen. Come on, just for a few minutes. I want you to reaffirm to yourself that God, I'm in this process. I want you to go ahead and talk to him and say, Lord, I'm believing you. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what difficult path that you would choose and difficulties that may come along the way, regardless of the complications, oh Lord, that I may face. In Jesus' name, I'm going to trust you. I'm believing you, Lord. I'm believing your word all over again. I'm not going to cast away my confidence, my boldness, my dedication, my commitment, my consecration to you. Come on, in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody claim that promise all over again. Somebody reclaim the promised land. Come on, in Jesus' name. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. God said, I can do the impossible. All things are possible with me. Come on, somebody need to believe all over again. Somebody need to speak it all over again. Somebody need to be in agreement all over again. I'm in agreement with you, Lord. I'm in agreement with your word, your promise. I'm going to hold on to it. It's going to be dear to me. And I'm going to fight through the difficulties. I'm going to fight through the storms.
Storms will come. Winds will blow. Hallelujah. I'm going to be as the three Hebrew boys. I'm going to walk through the fire and overcome my pain. I'm going to rejoice in you, O Lord, all over again. Some of you feel like I failed him. I let him down. I'm telling you, even when Abraham, he made the wrong choice, he chose compromise. God said, I still have the promise for you. I've still called you into this. Even after Moses committed murder and killed someone, God said, I'm still going to use you, Moses, to set my people free. David wasn't kicked off the throne because of his sin. He went through some difficulties, but everything God promised about his son sitting on the throne and that the throne of David will endure throughout generations. God said, my promise is sure and it's true. And some of us, we look at ourselves and look at the mistakes we've made and the compromises, the questions, the critiquing and criticizing, the complaining, and we feel like, well, God gave up on me. No, when God gave you the promise, he did not give up on you and will not give up on you. I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ, God, that you will restore the promises. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, for the spirit of faith to sweep over this house. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, praise God, praise God. God, I pray that you will perform your purpose in every stage. I'm going to tell you, every stage that you go through in the process, God brings that stage to you to fulfill or to uh, do whatever his purpose and his intent is in you. Again, if you want, you may not necessarily need these or whatever, but if you want these 10 stages, I will email those to you. And uh, when you go through it, you can identify, okay, I'm fine. I'm still on track. I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm still on on target. In Jesus' name. Won't we get a Lord a hand clap of praise? Amen. Anybody confident in God? Reclaim your promise. In Jesus' name. God bless you. We do have service this evening, 6 p.m. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.